ready for what feels to me like the beginning of a new year because we've just finished the poetry festival in uh, July and so when we come around to September again it's very much a new year for us. Um, so what I'm going to do now is um, I'm not hosting this evening so Manuela is here to host and we have a lovely lineup including uh, the editor, uh, the publisher of uh, Parkin book so it's, it's absolutely wonderful to see such a different kind of salon. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I'll hand over to Manuela. Thank you. Thank you, Chloe. Well, I'm delighted to be here this evening with our poets Jim Denning, Jackie Rowe and Margaret Atkins and Susie Wilde from our wonderful publisher, Patian, uh, to launch the poetry anthology Home on the Move to Poems Go on a Journey. And I'm going to talk a little bit how this project came about and then we're going to listen to our poets. Home is saying something as it is, something that'll never fully play out. Home is. And this quote is a translation of the final two lines of Raphael Gawin's poem Dom Constructia Protege Saduvem, Home Structure on Trial, in an English translation from the Polish original by Anna Blasiak. And the lines are the culmination of a poem which traces the complex experience of home. In the course of six stanzas, um, home appears in different forms and shapes. Amongst other, a web, a rhythm, and a transfer of data, or a beautiful disaster, in Blasiak translation. In Josefina Comporali's translation, which she, she wrote from the Romanian version of the poem, the web becomes a cobweb, the rhythm appears as syncopation. Home, it quickly becomes clear it's not easy to commit to the page. Uh, rather, this is a complex notion requiring metaphors, ambiguities, which multiply in translation. And as Darren Rhys-Jones writes in her poem Home, which opens the anthology, to know the word in another language is to never know the word the same. And both Gawain's Dom and Rhys-Jones' Home were commissioned for talking transformations a project I curated with Ricarda Vidal, which um, cannot be here tonight, which employs poetry, translation and video art uh, to engage people in conversation about home, about language and about belonging. And I hope we're going to do that tonight as well. Um, this multilingual poetry anthology is the legacy of that project and traces the journeys the two poems, Dom and Home, um, did, which saw them visiting different countries and languages in Europe and beyond, where they were translated verbally and, and visually. Uh, and home, there in Rhys John's home, traced the Western European journey through literary translation via France, Spain and back. And Dom was sent um, into an Eastern European journey via Romania to Britain and back. In each country they visited, the poems were translated into other languages and into film art. And the book keeps this artistic collaboration um, with a beautiful visual chapter of um, stills from the videos. And um, you got QR codes which the reader can scan and become a viewer uh, watching the, on their smartphones the filmic poems, the filmic ver versions. And between June and September 2018, poems, translations, artist videos, artworks and a sound installation were exhibited throughout England 
and the exhibitions were accompanied by a program of events including poetry readings, translation workshops and performances. And two of these workshops uh, were held during the Library Poetry Festival in July 2018, working with Derina Rees-Jones poem Home and its translations into Spanish and Catalan by poet Noelia Diaz Vicedo. And this evening we'll be listening to some of the poetry that was created during the workshop, um, and which include, is included in the book. And then I'll be in conversation with the, with the poets before opening it to, to the audience. So I'd like to introduce our poets tonight. Jackie Rowe has had four pamphlets published and a full collection, Blink, from the press. She has read her own poems on Radio 4's Poetry Please. She's also the co-editor of the award-winning press Fairstack Poets, a tutor for the uh, Poetry School, and she's been writer-in-residence at the Barber Institute of Fine Arts, where she established and continues to teach on the creative writing program. Jim Denning, Originally from Chester, has lived in Paris and in Provence. He writes poetry in English and French, and has published and read his work in both languages and in both countries. Jim's English language collection, collection includes Pebbles, Debris, and Dealing with the Edge, and his latest publication is the bilingual collection Les Chemins d'ici, The Road Round Here. Margaret Atkins' debut poetry pamphlet, Mingled Space, won the inaugural V Press Poetry Prize. Her poetry has appeared in Prol and Under the Radar, and in 2018 she was placed second in the Christabel Hoopsmith Poetry Competition, marking 70 years of the NHS, which is quite fitting as Margaret previously worked as a nurse and midwife. And currently she is writing and developing an immersive performance for a postgraduate arts degree on the subject of home, which we might hear a little bit more later <laughs> on. And um, Susie Wilde debut poetry collection Better Houses was released by Partian. Her other books are the short story collection The Art of Contraception and the novella Arrivals. And she has performed awards at Glastonbury Festival, the Hay Festival, Greenman Festival, the Dylan Weekend and many more. And she sings with her husband Ben um, as one of the Wild Smiths and he's in town tonight. He's in town tonight, <laughs> he's at the barn. So okay. if you want to go see him, it's free. Okay. <laughs> After. Okay, so we're going to start on our um, Western European journey. So with home, okay, I'm going to stand if that's all right. Okay. Home. As if we would never arrive. We check our watches and connections so many elsewheres as we walk into abandoned rooms that somehow have forgotten us. A window propped half open on a garden stares, a bird, as if to say you're here, glances its wings against the blue so far away and then becomes invisible. How they call to us, the lost places. Now I carry my life as a snail might, slipping across grass and stone the shrugged contours of her shell's light spiral, the glistening of her bridal train. Like a half-remembered song marking us, making us, words call us back, they call us on. To know the world in another language is to never know the world 
the same. And I have now Noelia de Sicedo Catalan version. <laughs> A casa. Como si no arribarem mai. Mirem els rellotges i comprovem les nostres connexions. Hi ha tants altres llocs mentre entrem habitacions abandonades que inexplicablement ens han oblidat. Una finestra entreoberta dona al jardí contempla. Un ocell, com si volgués dir, i ets aquí, fes una ullada. Les ales es retallen contra el blau tan llunyà, invisible només un instant després. Com es qüestionen aquests llocs perduts. Ara porta la meva vida al muscle com un caragol, lliscant per l'herba i més enllà de les pedres. Els contors de la fina espiral de la seva closca es van dreçant lleument, la claror de la seva cola de núvia. Com una cançó que recordem només a mitges, que ens marca, que ens aferra, els mots ens recorden, ens criden. Conèixer el món en una altra llengua és conèixer el món d'un altre costat. Home. What if it's a place where we never arrive, but a place where we listen, where we hear connections? Before inhabiting, I still live in abandoned rooms, familiar in case I try to forget. If we come in by the eaves, there are only sparrows telling us to stay. It's as if I cannot understand the language of wings, as if I'm invisible inside. Caught up in the loss of it, I pack up my bundle like a snail in morning dew, because I know. On the outside, my spiral coat weighs heavy, like a jeweled train, holding back the bride. When I sing carols at Christmas, I stumble, Remembering the importance of short vowels, they hold me. Through them I know the world, but I twist and I twist their length so I can lean on another form. Coming home. As if we were never to arrive. We stare at our watches and test the connections. There are so many other places while we enter abandoned rooms which inexplicably have forgotten us. A half-open window looks onto the garden. Watch, a bird, meaning perhaps you are here, visiting, folding its wings against the sky, far off, out of sight a moment later. Those lost places pose questions. Now I deliver my life up just like a snail creeping between grass and stones. The contours of the fine spiral of its shell rise up, splendid as a bride's train. Like a half-remembered song, which marks and strengthens us, words remind us and call to us. Knowing the world in another language is knowing the world in another way. At home, as if we never arrive, we compromise our connections, <coughs> enter too many places, abandoned living spaces we inexplicably have forgotten. 
A half-open window contemplates the garden, where a bird sings out, You are here, its wings dispersed against the blue. How we're questioned by lost places, carry the burden of home like a snail, sliding over grass and stones, contorted in the spiral shell, leaving behind a silvery trail like a bridal train. Like an unremembered song, to record the words we know is important, to know the world in another language, to know the world in another way. Thank you very much. Because I'm interested in the process, um, as well as the product, as well as the poem, I, I got a couple of questions. Um, just to get started with the poet. So how, how did you feel about translating from a language which you didn't speak? You don't speak. Am I, shall yeah, I answer yeah, this? Well, <coughs> by chance I know some French and very little Spanish and indeed some Latin. But um, um, so that helped me. And, and um, a lot, some of it was guesswork or the context um, but it is curious, though, isn't it, that the translation from the Catalan in, occasionally resembles the original. Largely, actually. So that's strange. Because it's made an unknown, it's made a leap via a sort of unknown version yeah. back to, you know, in some, in some phrases, quite close to the original. Um, well, I'm woefully lacking in uh, an ability to speak and, and read another language, and I certainly can't um, read Catalan. But in the workshop, what had, what we, we were given the poem with two or three words or phrases for each line, so that we made up, um, we translated the poem knowing having these few words in front of us. Um, I think because I'd just come from university, because I've just finished a creative writing degree at Worcester University, and we had been given a poem um, in one of the poetry modules there, where uh, it was a Russian poem, um, Anna Akhmatova, um, Everything is Plundered, Betrayed and Sold. And what interested me on that occasion was that we were, given, we were just given the poem and we were rewriting it, really. And there's a there's a um, a phrase that from the surrounding woods cherries blow summer into town, and as we were going round rewriting, sort of saying what we had had written, I realised that everybody had written about the blossom being blown into town, the cherry blossom, and I'd not seen the cherry blossom because I hadn't looked at really at the word blow, I'd looked at the word summer, I think, and had seen the cherries. And so I imagine them baskets of cherries come and blow into town being just more figurative that they were coming into market. And I think that start made me um I, I wasn't phased by this. I was thinking, okay, uh, I hadn't I didn't read Darren's poem first. I I just read um uh, Noella's the the Catalan and so I think what I was looking at were the gaps and thinking the gaps are what are interesting mm. because that's where you're putting the meaning in. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
you're feeling that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really love translating from languages I don't know, which I think it's a, it's a really, really good exercise. Um, I have translated from French, which I do know, but I've, um, I've also translated from Lithuanian, which I don't know, because um, one year at Birmingham Literature Festival that there were guest poets from Lithuania, and some of us were invited to a workshop with them where they brought a copy of their poems in the original language. A, a, a literal translation they hadn't done, but they also spoke English and so they could explain to us. And I thought that was a really, really terrific exercise. Um, and, and I think one of the things, actually, maybe when you don't know a language, that one of the things you notice when you look at the text in is patterns in it, so you can kind of work out like repetitions, so you sort of realise what the poet is emphasising in that way. You can often work out like verbs and things like that, so... You, you, you sort of can be looking for the structure of it without knowing actually the individual words and then you somehow get an echo of that through what you write. Um, no, I hadn't seen the Rhys Jones poem until I got this book actually. I was quite shocked how different mine was from it as it turned out. Um, but, um, you know, I think, but then I, but I also, saw the, also saw the Catalan one again and I could again see how I'd picked out certain things and I could remember what I'd done. I have to say that the, one of the big thrills for me in this is that I've got a credit in here translated from Catalan by Jackie Rowe, which now goes on my CV. Because you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can wing it. So. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, so if you, like, the, like, the close engagement with the poem and the fact that you were in a kind of workshop setting um, made you, in a way, kind of get closer to the language, to the Catalan mm. language. Um, get yourself closer to that mm-hmm. um, and going back to the workshop as well how taking part in the workshop um, affect how you feel about language it, not just foreign language but your own language as well so this kind of idea of language and also how did you um, affect you um, uh, thinking and reflecting about home mm. yeah do you well, I don't like guessing at meanings, I must say. I prefer to know the language or half know it. And as for Lithuanian, I don't think I could... I'd have to get a dictionary and, uh, <laughs> and, and make a start somewhere. So, uh, so it, 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 I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting exercise, but, um, but it, it raises, for me, more questions yeah, than... Because you translate from in, English... Fr- anyway, you write both in English and French, so... Sure. Yeah. And and then, as you'll see, because I'll read something later, the translation isn't necessarily literal. Yeah. Um, you remember we had a session with Jean Bowes-Bayer here, uh, translating from the German, and and it isn't always a literal translation. It's a, it's a it's a translation of mood or of uh, or the way you represent in language B what the sense, the inner sense of language A was. Yes, and, and also when we, I think, you know, when you translate as well, you kind of got, obviously you have the, mati- you work already with material there. Yes, yes. But, you, you know, for me, you write yourself in as well. Yes. Um, you put yourself in, and that's why the, the you know, the kind of home, um, uh, all the home translations here or home poems are mm. all different. Re- they refer back to Darien's poem, mm. but they're all different as well mm. in their own ways, and it's it's also this idea of home. Mm. And I think that's, I was, 
not expecting the personal to come out. Mm. That, uh, that was a shock to me um, when I realised, because it was quite a quick process. Normally with poems it takes me a long, long time to feel, you know, it's a, such a slow process. So this was very quick. Um, and I think I wasn't expecting that, to, to, to that the personal to come through. And um, I'm a, a native of this land, you know, I, I've, I've never lived any... Uh, in, in any other country, but I do feel that I'm an internal migrant because I haven't really got a home um, that is, um, I have got a home, but it's not, I haven't got a place where I come from in this country because we moved a lot. So by the time I was 11, I'd had four homes. Um, and that comes through in this poem because um, and one of the things about the language that our language, the um, English language that I think is interesting is talking to um, a fellow student at the university who is Portuguese we were talking about this whole concept of internal migration and he was really surprised that we don't have a word for that in English you know, that a specific word for internal migration which I can't remember, he did tell me what it is in Portuguese but that I think um, shows that we don't really register this as something, you know, that there is internal migration and that there is a loss that's associated with that for some people. It's certainly, you, you, you lose, you gain, you lose and gain homes within your own country as well as for people migrating across the seas and, and moving into different countries and cross borders. And that, I think, was very interesting for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, of a lecture that uh, Lem Sisi um, gave where he goes, to, he goes into um, um, schools and he tried to um, you know, talk about migration in a positive way. And, and um, so how migration is a rich Britain, but also, you know, how you, you can be proud to be a migrant and you don't have to come from far away to mm -hmm. be a migrant. Mm -hmm. And one of his, um, um, uh, one of his, the, one of the children there said, I moved house. So can I be a migrant? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've, I found on the workshop that sort of thinking about the concept of home was kind of the hardest part of it for me, actually. Mm. Um, because I, I don't really have a very, a very particular view on sort of what I mean by home. And I think a lot of the discussion that we were having in the kind of the final part of the workshop, we were talking about sort of what home meant to people. People were very much sort of focused on a building, a place, sort of the comfort of that building, things like that, which is not necessarily what I think of. I mean, um, I've never lived anywhere other than Birmingham. Um, no, I did move from north to south, so I'm, I'm, I am a, I'm a migrant with you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like you don't cross the city. Um, <laughs> my mother, my mother disowned me when I moved there, when I crossed the city. Um, but it's, I mean, but we are a very, very diverse and. Um, multicultural and and actually actually we've got lots and lots of languages in Birmingham. So in the sense, my sense of home is very much being part of that diversity. Um, mm. And when when I when I travel away to places and I think I really like this place, I think yeah, but you know, could I stand to hear just English spoken all the time and things like that? Because because mm. part of what I'm oh you can walk through Birmingham city centre 
for a very long time before you hear English spoken, you know, and that, that's that's kind of what's normal to me. That's what's home to me. But I didn't really think about that during the workshop. A lot of that came to me afterwards, afterwards. actually. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Um, can, I, can I just? I mean, yeah. you you talk of Birmingham. Well, you will know that near here in Wellington Heath, there's a pub called the Farmer's Arms, and the landlady is a very nice woman called Carolyn. Well, when 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 I walk into the Farmer's Arms, I say to her. How are you doing, whack? <laughs> and she says, I'm doing all right. How are you doing, whack? Mm. I say because whack, she's from the pool. But then we revert. Then she says, and what would you like to drink? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, when I meet anybody and say I come from Birmingham, I also say, don't do the accent, because that's what people do immediately. They immediately uh, say they come from Birmingham. They say, yeah, we're going down the bullring, our kid, or something like that. Or like,
The, the, the last poem, it's quite long. I'll read uh, one of just a few verses, relatively few verses, and I'll read the French verse, then I'll read the English verse. Mm-hmm. And the poem is called La Dissolution de l'image, the, the dissolution of the image. Une maison peut-elle être innocente Elle est chargée de, des traces de vies inconnues. Comme une poussière, gestes, voix et pensées imprègnent sols et murs. Une marée depuis longtemps retirée laisse parfois un caillou précaire. Il glisse, son déplacement fait un petit bruit. Can a house be innocent? It is laden with traces of unknown lives, retaining like dust the actions, voices, thoughts, which infuse its floors and walls. An ancient tide, which fell back long ago, may leave a precarious pebble, which slips. Its movement makes a little sound. Au dernier étage, sous le toit, près de la chute de foin dans le mur, on faisait l'élevage des vers la soie. J'ai dû arracher le vieux mûrier, le tronc creux, à côté du puits. Nous en avons planté un autre pour continuer l'histoire de la manianerie. Dans le dernier fenestrant de l'escalier, nous recevons chaque année la cresserelle qui couvre ses œufs sur un nid de pierre. Nous avons vu les oiselets remuer les ailes. Ils doivent bientôt se lancer dans le vide. Ils tournoient et ils crient en appelant leur mère. Et nous avons regardé les sangliers trottiner à l'aube dans la vigne, l'un derrière l'autre. On the top floor, beneath the roof, near the hay chute in the wall, they used to cultivate silkworms. I had to pull up the old mulberry tree with its hollow trunk beside the well. We have planted a new mulberry to continue the silkworm history. In the narrow window, highest up the stairs, a kestrel visits us each year and hatches eggs upon a nest of stones. We have seen the young birds stretch their wings. They must throw themselves into space. Round they fly, calling to the mother. And we have watched the wild boar trotting at dawn through the vines, one behind the other. Nous l'avons bien trempé la maison par la suite, non seulement dans la peinture et les réparations, mais dans la compagnie, les repas avec les amis, les rires, les vingt pays et les polices de nos corps. Et les heures douces dans la cuisine ou l'atelier, quand il n'y avait que le bruissement du pinceau sur le papier ou le sucre de l'argile en attente de voir naître une nouvelle preuve de nos vies. Et parfois le soir, l'apéritif sur la terrasse, la tranquillité de la fin de journée en face d'un soleil qui essaie de se coucher derrière Blovac, mais en été roule dans la pente vers le domaine des anges. We've bathed it right enough, the house, in later years, not just in paint and renovation, but in company, meals with friends, laughter, the local wines and our own smooth skin. And then the quiet hours in the kitchen or workshop, when there's only the sound of the brush on paper or the sigh of the clay before there emerges another proof of our lives. And sometimes in the evening, the aperitif on the terrace, 
the, the tranquility of the day's end, looking towards the sun which tries to set behind Blovac, but in summer rolls down the slope towards the Domaine des Anges. Des amis nous ont demandé un jour, après qu'une sonate piano avait retenti dans toute la maison, comme si la musique exigeait toujours une résolution, ne s'est-il pas passé à un certain moment quelque chose de triste ou de violent dans cette maison Nous n'en savions rien, ils sont allés voir. Oui, disent-ils, nous avons perçu la présence d'un jeune garçon qui attend près de l'escalier. Nous l'avons libéré pour qu'il rejoigne son propre niveau. Depuis ce moment, au pied de l'escalier, nous mettons toujours un pot de verdure. Bien des mois plus tard, ma fille a demandé si nous n'avions pas allumé de bougies, car l'atmosphère était moins lourde. Friends asked us one day, after a piano sonata had resounded through the house, as if music always demands a resolution. Was there ever in the past a sad or violent happening in this house? We knew of nothing. The friends went off to look. Yes, they say. We saw the presence of a young boy waiting by the stairs. We have freedom to go to his proper level. Since then, at the foot of the stairs, we always leave a green plant. My daughter, months later, asked if we hadn't been burning candles, as the atmosphere was not as heavy. Dommage. Dommage qu'avec les années, ce lieu, empli de notre bonne volonté, de nos justes idées, devienne imperceptiblement une charge, une exigence. Oui, je vous imagine, les amis, tu es là, toi et toi, mes chers fantômes, mais ce ne sont pas seulement les autres qui vieillissent, qui s'écartent disparaissent. C'est ici, c'est moi qui traverse les espaces retentissants, qui ne, qui ne rend plus les échos de demain. La séparation se prolonge. Elle dure déjà depuis des années. Nous savons qu'un jour viendra le moment absolu, le départ parmi les feuilles tombées, la dissolution de l'image. Pity that was passing time displaced, filled by us with good will and good ideas, should imperceptibly become a burden and a demand. Of course, I imagine, my friends, you are there and you, my own dear ghosts. But it's not only other people who grow old, or move on, or disappear. It is here, it is me, traveling through the resonant spaces which no longer yield the echoes of tomorrow. The separation continuing, already lasting for years. We know that one day will come the absolute moment, the departure among the fallen leaves, the dissolution of the image. Thank you. This idea of, of the house, home slash house as well, and they come with the, the memories mm. and people inhabiting and ghosts inhabiting mm. the house. It's, it's mm -hmm. something that we might explore later. Yeah. Jackie? Um, yeah. And in terms of how, how, my, how my version of um, the Catalan poem is, is like my own poetry, I mean, mine is the shortest um, version, and which struck me very much. And when I, when I saw the Darren Reese Jones one, I mm. could see how much I'd cut it down, really, but that is characteristic. I, I mean, I do write generally short poems, and I do edit, because I am an editor, and so I edit myself 
Mm. Um, and I am always trying to sort of like to cut out anything which I think is not necessary. And so I think maybe I've overcut it in a way, but uh, but actually it, it is definitely it is definitely my voice in it. I can yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, and so my poem is quite short as well. Um, Again, I haven't really, I mean, thinking about a poem about home, I don't have a poem which is specific to home. There's a home aspect about this, because this is about something I found around at home. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about places, um, and I don't think it needs much introduction, except I would like to say, actually, um, that this is from my new collection, um, to give myself a plug, um, Other Things I Didn't Used to Know, which has just won the Indigo Dreams Collection Competition. Oh, congratulations. Nobody, nobody was more surprised about that than me. <laughs> Um, and, that's, and, it's coming out, and, it's, and it's coming out next year. So, um, um, and and there is the difference with this collection and my, and my previous ones is actually that it's very more, it's a lot more personal. This mm. is a very much more personal poem, which I did re I did write after the workshop. Now, how much the workshop actually influenced me in this direction, I don't know. But the thing, the poetry I started writing. Um, in the summer of last year was much more personal so, and wow. so, so maybe, maybe the workshop maybe, would yeah. me that way it's called You Ask Me About Places the first thing you ask of course is where it is I point out the caravan behind and how that makes it Weymouth then you're riffing on Dorset a checklist of places we've been which of them do I remember from that time before have you noticed how young I was? And so was he, on holiday in sports jacket and tie. My mother must have taken it, would have been too timid to ask strangers for a snapshot of the three of us, newly arrived in the car he borrowed from his work. Oh, OC, 893, we used to chant. I'd recall more of Dorset if the places rhymed. <laughs> and no... I don't know who those people were walking down behind, extras in our dingy period film. What I know is that I found this picture in a bag of oddments, newer than when my parents were alive. Normally, I'm just like you, into places, histories, but no one's left to ask. So all I wanted was to keep it in my purse. Me and my dad, my mother are given like Dorset, out of shot. Well, I think um, that the poem Home was quite similar to a lot of the poetry that I like to write because I, it was, uh, to me, it was about interior space and I like uh, writing about that sort of interior space and, of course, home is very much interior space, but... Um, interiority, of course, goes in, you know deep inside us, um, and so I think what I liked about um, the, the poem "Home" is it was sort of very imagist, and I think I I get very wrapped up in uh, narrative form. I, I do. I don't know. I tend to always uh, get caught up in that, and I sometimes wish I didn't. Um, because it, I do think it's lovely when you've just got these images that, that sort of hang. But I love figurative language, so I feel that there is, you know, there, there was quite a lot of similarity. So, and I'm going to read, um, because in my um, version of Home, 
uh, spoke about Christmas, and mm-hmm. certainly in Daring's there was no no mention of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'll read from a pamphlet that um, was published by V Press earlier this year, and um, it, which is about which is called Mingled Space, the pamphlet, and it's very much about um, interior spaces, and it's. it's as a pamphlet, they, it hangs together um, almost like conversations when you're moving through a space where you're listening to pe- people, <coughs> people talking and you're coming in and out of conversations and it's sort of a little bit like that, really. Um, and there are five personal ones, and I'm going to read one personal one, which is called Sage and Onion, which in a sense is a translation, but I'll explain that. <laughs> Sage and Onion. It took most of a long loaf an apron full of onions from the store in the garage and a basket of sage to stuff the turkey on Christmas Eve in Grandma's house. We all loved stuffing. Even Grandad, who liked his food, kept plain. The kitchen ballooned with the sweat of onions softening and sage bruising and the bird roasting overnight, snug in foil, fat with breadcrumbs swelling in savouriness on a low light so that on Christmas morning there was so much stuffing flowing lava-like from each end of the bird. And on the side, in case we needed more, would sit an enamel dish of cold, excess stuffing still raw from the night before, ready to be baked and moistened with gravy. When dinner was finished, leftover stuffing was scraped from the carcass and kept in a dish with a saucer on top for tea. Tea was turkey bats piled high with cold sage and onion followed with strawberry trifle without sherry. Grandad liked his food kept plain. (laughs) 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 Well, I think um, because in a sense I I wrote it from my memory as a child which is very much that Grandad liked his food kept plain. Um, and I can remember being in the kitchen with Grandma and she would be saying, we'll just put a little bit of garlic in, Grandma, you never know, and all this sort of thing. Um, and my mum raising her eyes when, when they came to visit because we'd have to keep things bland. But the reality is that when he died, um, the post-mortem showed that he had a huge stomach ulcer, a really huge stomach ulcer, that, um, and for reasons of his own, he wouldn't go to hospital and he wouldn't go to doctors. So the reality is that, of course, he would have known when Grandma was putting garlic in. You know, he would have known. And it was probably causing him upset, you know. Um, but, so it's a translation because you, it's, it's a version, you know. Mm. So everybody in, the, in a house, isn't it, you've all got, there are as many interiors as mm. there are people in a home, really. Yeah. So that was just mine, but, but I know there was so much more to it, really. Yeah. Mm. Well, all, all the writers are translators. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the translators are writers. Um, so thank you so much. I'm, I'm going to bring you back into the Western European journey a little bit more. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read you my own Italian translation, which incorporates English too. We're going to listen to Ricardo's, who I got here in my computer, Ricardo's multilingual translation, which has German, um, uh, Spanish, English, and I think French as well. See if you can pick it up. Um, And uh, uh, 
the, the translation that Ricardo and I did um, are, quite par is, are quite particular because it's not just with reference to Derin's um, poem, but we were influenced by the artist who translated Derin's poem home into a five-minute video, which you can um, look from view from your from the book, and it's Kate Macmillan's. And Kate Macmillan's translated the poem into a watery landscape, and so it's. It, she looks at Darin's conceptual home, these, these ideas of the um, abandoned spaces and, and lost places, and in fact she titles her video, not home, but the lost places. Um, so it, it makes it clear about this kind of journey and the loss of home. And because of the watery landscape, she, we, Ricardo and I told that she actually referenced the kind of um, dangerous journey that migrants undertake, um, for example, in the Mediterranean. And her, her film ends with an upside-down image uh, which show a wooden structure of a house in a distant horizon. And the house is either half-ruined or half-built. So we don't know whether it's something is, is a structure in, 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 um, in construction uh, or a home lost to um, you know, some kind of war or um, natural disaster and so on. Um, so it could be a vision of the past or the future, but obviously uh, the, the, the artist leaves it to the viewer and slash reader to, to decide. Um, so I'm going to do that very quickly. I'm going to um, read my translation and then every card. And then we open for questions to our poets, um, to, to, uh, from the audience. Okay. Casa altrove. I titled Home slash Elsewhere. Um, and Elsewhere is um, a reference to Darren Jones. And that's a very strange dislocating title for an Italian reader because casa drops the article, la casa, and then you have this elsewhere. But I wanted to have the idea of home as here-ness and there-ness um, already in the title, so um, this, is, this is the way. Come se non si arrivasse mai, controlliamo l'ora e le coincidenze. Quanti altrove, mentre entriamo nelle stanze abbandonate, the abandoned rooms, are geography of memories recovered? La geografia di ricordi e memoria recuperata, che sembrano essersi scordare di noi, senza una spiegazione, waiting inesplicably. Una finestra mezza aperta, al fupen, sostenuta dal peso della vita, su un giardino, contenta. Un uccello come a dire, tu sei qui, you are here, look at me, guardami. Aleggia sullo sfondo azzurro, sempre più blu e così lontano. Ed un attimo dopo scompare tra le mani, in between our moist hands, it slips away. Come ci convocano questi luoghi smarriti, the lost places, they challenge us too, like ghosts or places past. Ora mi porto la vita dietro come una lumaca che scivola sull'erba e sulla roccia, i contorni della spirale sul guscio fragile, la lucentezza del suo strascico da sposa. A faraway dream, light as air and green as seaweed. Le alghe verdi nei sogni dei naufraghi. Air, light, marine trees. Aria, luce, alberi marini. Come una canzone mezza ricordata, 
Alfie Member song che ci segna ci forma, which makes us, we too make it. Le parole ci ricordano, ci chiamano. Conoscere il mondo in un'altra lingua non è conoscere più il mondo come era prima. Nothing will be the same. Everything is moving, unstable, resplendent. And we Ricardo's recording. Daheim, heim, Heimat. Als ob wir niemals ankommen, schauen wir auf unsere Uhren, prüfen unsere Verbindungen. We gaze into darkness, gaze into distance. So viel anderswo, als wir in verlassene Räume treten. As we wait for abandoned space, die uns irgendwie vergessen haben. Que no nos dejan olvidar. Ein Fenster, halb geöffnet, spaltgleich, gap-like, auf einen Garten starrt. Die draußen im Grundjardin. Liquid images are reflected for only a moment in a sky of glass. Flirren im grellen Licht. Ein Vogel. Cri de mouette, chant de coq. Una paloma. Als wollte er sagen, du bist hier. Blitzt vor einen Flügelschlag in blau. Arruilla mira fijamente, esperando. So weit weg, dann ist er fort. Que desaparezcas en el azul profundo. Arrête a toute vitesse. Noir de Bord du Bleu. Wie sie uns rufen, die verlorenen Orte. Jetzt trage ich mein Leben rücklings. Schlittere Schneckengleich über Gras und Steine. Seaweed und Alge. Die schroffen Konturen ihres hellgewundenen Hauses. Shells of light contours. La risa cavernosa de niños resuena in los pasillos vacíos de la memoria. Das Glitzern ihrer Brautschleppe. La luisance lontaine. Wie ein halb erinnertes Lied, like the faraway music of long gone summer nights, das uns leitet, uns begleitet, forms us, shapes us, rufen Worte uns zurück, rufen uns hinan. Images call us back, they call us on. Wer die Welt in einer anderen Sprache versteht, coger el mundo en otra lengua, versteht die Welt nie wieder auf dieselbe Art. Es vivir el mundo de nuevo. Okay. We got, I think we have ten minutes or ten five minutes. So if you want to, any any questions to our poets? Um, I've got a question on the nature of the translation. Um, I work a lot with uh, scientific papers, technical papers, including from multiple languages, and there's there's an aim in translating from one language to another there with regard to maintaining the very detailed specifics of it. I also read a lot of literature translated where it's the sort of story that's being maintained. What I hadn't thought about tonight is what are you trying to keep in the translation of a poem? Because I think it's it's clearly different to both the technical and the and the prose views. Someone mentioned mood, but I'm not sure if it's always consistent, maybe it's different. I don't know, it, it just seems very interesting. There used to be, um, I don't think it still exists, something called the Translation Centre, where they used to do tours, um, and they would bring poets who wrote in quite often, often languages. I mean, I saw an Azerbaijani <coughs> poet, and I've seen lots of poems, languages that aren't massively familiar to us in this country, and they would get um, a literal translation of a poem, and they would pair them up with 
a, a well-established poet in English. I mean, I saw Joe Shapcott and I've seen Mimi Calvati. Um, and in as much as they could trans... I mean, I guess they must have an interpreter if the, if the, if the poet couldn't speak English, but the, they, would do, they would go through this exercise of sort of talking about what the poet was trying to achieve. But then the final poem would be sort of the poet's like own sort of almost like a response to it. It was, it was carrying the meaning as best they could and carrying the sounds and the rhythm and things like that. But ultimately, they weren't constrained by trying to sort of, they weren't kind of trying to break the lines in exactly the same place as they were broken in the original and things like that. And then they did tours where they read together basically. And you heard, and you would hear actually sort of similarities in the tone and things like that. Of course, there's none of us kind of knew the Azerbaijani. Well, I actually have got an Azerbaijani friend who would have done, but most of us wouldn't have known that. We wouldn't have been able to say, hey, that's not exactly right. But there was a sense that you had a sort of sense that they complemented each other. And I think, I think that's what always has been my view of sort of how a, a poet translating poetry would, what they would be aiming at. I think that's interesting because I remember reading about Jane Kenyon when she was translating Anna Akhmatova mm -hmm. and she says something a little bit similar to what, what you're saying there. Um, but also, like, you know, she would sit with maybe a couple of lines for, for a, quite a few days and just get, mm -hmm. and not just get a feeling of, of, of the rhythms and the mood, but actually of, of the poet and sit with the poet. So, you know, and so you can, you can take this whole idea of translation right out there, but also right in here. So it becomes yeah. almost a sort of a spiritual, um, emotional response to something. Um, it's something I'm particularly interested in because I write in Gypsy Romany as well. Mm. And I've started, you know, things you've been talking about tonight. Mm. You know, I've started sort of looking at those aspects of how do I translate these words, which... You, you just can't always translate them yeah. in a literal sense. Because um, mm. I'm, you know, I'm particularly keen to come tonight and hear about this. Yeah, interesting. Well, for your next, um, your next workshop uh, with uh, people like this, the task should be not to translate, but to improvise, starting from, to write a new poem. Mm -hmm. Starting from the original, mm -hmm. but different. And your own one's own poem, as it were, rather than a, a translation or an imitation. But I think meaning is so interesting, isn't it? Where 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 it actually comes from, and I think the the most interesting thing is that the same poem, when it's when it came through from the English to the French, wasn't it, yeah. to the Spanish and the Catalan, back to English. Yeah. But if you take hours away and just come back. From the Catalan and, and and then see it um, translated. I think it's interesting that it has changed, hasn't it? it it's it's definitely changed and it's changed in different ways depending on. But but not but well. even even I think. Um, I mean, I would say. I know what you're saying, that we're all translators, but I would say that I'm not a translator in the sense of being a, a faithful translator, mm. <laughs> because I can't speak that language. But I have translated something that, is, uh, that was meaningful to me. Mm. But it's not all translation that, to a certain mm. extent, that mm. you're making well, something that's meaningful to you. Not when you're translating mm. the technical specification of an aircraft. 
how would you it, the, the, the blossom and the cherries thing mm. you know yeah. who is right that that's the thing isn't it it kind of doesn't matter does it it's, it's that's the interesting thing maybe like, because that's part of the art itself is that decision process mm. but i think that's what i'm trying to say is that it is, is that at the end of the day meaning is it's all it's subjective, really. It's yeah. Yeah. But we wanted really to show the instability of meaning, and in, in this way, the instability of home. That home can take this shapeshifter. So, if you give, an, in a way, um, if you give a poem to translate to ten people, you will have ten different poems. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, because I think it's inevitable that although you have constraints of form, for example, uh, or uh, and obviously the meaning as well, and keep this kind of um, relationship between form and meaning in the poem, at the end of the day, you you cannot avoid to write yourself. Exactly, in. our own experiences yes. have to come yes. into it. But even, uh, even um, uh, you know, kind of memories of texts that mm. you have read, mm -hmm. and there's a, um, uh, you know, there is a uh, Clive Scott who translates um, uh, canonical texts like Apollinaire and Rimbaud and he talks about the experience translation as the translating the experience of reading mm. so you kind of at the, in, in a way almost mm. like open response mm. and, and actually is experiential mm. so this idea that exactly. you, you put that in and especially with poetry because poetry is so emotional um, and personal as compared to obviously technical text, but also compared to a novel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you, a novel can be also very personal and 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 uh, ex uh, you know and emotional as well. But I think poetry is particular as a genre uh, that really, mm -hmm. you know, it's Definitely. each translation, mm -hmm. it's in a way, it's you know, um, reflects ourselves, uh, the way we read, the way we approach the text. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can, just can I go just go back to, to the, the word home. Yes. <laughs> From that perspective, mm -hmm. it's the interpretation of each individual poet is what they understand by home. Mm -hmm. And just a very quick apocryphal story: an American family on a quiz show, the best top prize of which was a brand new house. Mm -hmm. They win, and there's a five-year-old there, and they presenter goes across and say, isn't it wonderful, you've got a new home. He said, no, I've got a home already, I just need a house to put it in. It's one of the comments mm -hmm. and the things that were said here, you're talking about migration, internal migra mm -hmm. migrants mm -hmm. take their home with them. Mm -hmm. External mm -hmm. migrants, with the greatest respect, also take their home with them because their home is their their habits, their behaviours, their conversations yeah. are all don't necessarily relate to outside mm. the front door of the house, they relate to what they are comfortable with. So uh, it was interesting hearing the different yeah. approaches to what people consider yes. to be home. So it reminds me of a lovely little poem by an Italian um, poet, um, Gianni Rodari, that he wrote about a very particular internal, if you call it internal migration, um, from um, uh, southern Italian workers that were moving away from the poor south to go and work in factories in, north, in the north of Italy, which was much wealthier. And they used to, to bring, so you, they used to go on these trains, and often they would leave their family 
behind and go by themselves and were mainly men and they would have in their luggage and in their pocket they would have some soil from their island or uh, town or country to bring with them in their pockets in a way like kind of taking that representing home home as a geographical place home as memory home as the um, you know where we are born but then making a new home as well so taking it with you it's easier to to make you your home so it's it's yeah, yeah it's different for, for people that move and also for people that stay put as well because of course uh, you know uh, even people that don't move although we say that they're you know that we are all migrants but obviously their their home changes as well and so on so um, I think there's also something about home that for me that's it's almost like a, a yearning and uh, Sometimes, whether you've gone to another country, or you've stayed in this country, you've had moved into different houses, you've done it exactly how you want, it still feels like there's a sort of spiritual homesickness mm. that you can't quite. Mm. You think, well, I've, mm. Mm, but I've still got this, and it's like I've always given it that sort of word, home, that home yeah. feeling. It's a feeling, a sort of felt thing. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm making any sense. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, in, in Ricardo's recording, you know, in Germany, you could have Heimat, which is more like the country, the home country, mm-hmm. but you have Atsuhaus as well, which is the kind of home, the domestic, the, um, the familiar. Um, so th- there, mm. there are different ways which, which, then which word do we use to, yes. Um, yes. to have, to, you know, um, yeah. think of home. Uh, and in French as well, uh, la maison, but chez nous, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So you have like, is he is home, the building, the structure on trial is home, family is home, the domestic is home, our country, uh, where we come from, is home, the new country, where we, uh, you know, where our family is. Um, and so it's, it's very, it's very, a changeable and, mm-hmm. and, and yes. kind of challenging yeah, notion. I think it's an amazing yes. word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I can't say the word home without it. It's got a huge wealth of feeling with it, hasn't it? It's a felt word, an aching word. (laughs) It's also, uh, as we saw with Darien's poem, is he like, you know, places, lost places in our childhood, you know, that kind of childhood Mm. smells and memories that Mm. we kind of can go back, but we know they're calling us, but we can't really go Mm. back there. And do, have we lost them? Is the upside down house that yes. Kate McMillan yes. has in her video, which is far away? Is that? Mm. So, yeah. I thought um, Jim's like your poem because it, it, although it evoked the sense that you felt very at home in this house, it also evoked the sense that it was on loan to you, mm. and that you were going to have to hand it back. Um, and so there was it is again that tension between house and home and although house very much means home at the same time it is not home home is the soul within the house Um, so I thought that poem really brought out that tension that here was home but it was also felt like a place that was unknown to you I don't know if that's how it happened. Well, that's right. It happened to be an old building, 200 years old or whatever. So obviously there had been previous uh, 
previous inhabitants and uh, you know, hence the idea of ghosts or presences or, or whatever. In fact, I've got another poem about that sort of thing later, maybe. Okay, so um, well, I think on that note we'll, uh, we'll finish. Thank you very much for attending. Well, I think I speak for everyone when I say that was absolutely fascinating, wasn't it? Yeah. Such um, thoughtful reflections on what you were doing with your poems, and lovely to hear the different poems uh, read out. And uh, uh, thank you, Manuela, for hosting so beautifully and for really lovely questions. Um, clearly, we have books uh, for sale here, um, so if you haven't already um, got a copy, do have a look, because it really is a very beautiful, uh, yeah. beautifully made book, and uh, there's so much richness here that you can just keep on uh, uh, finding as you I'd mm. like to thank Susie yeah. as well for taking on this project. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's very quirky. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I was curious to know why you chose what brought you to do it. Well, we have a um, translation list, and I'm very interested in that, and obviously when poetry, and I'm a poet as well. So mm -hmm. I just um, felt very much at this time, um, mm -hmm. not now, but I was with like, a German partner for a long time, so um, over the referendum and everything, I was very interested in this idea of translation and sort of partial understanding as well, and misunderstanding of so mm. I, I don't know, I just fitted at the time, basically. Mm. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. so, so very lovely. So <laughs> another round of applause.